Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. It's time for a peculiar podcast. In your wildest dreams, you could not imagine the marvelous surprises that await you. Hosted by Pat Cashman. He had a fiery quality on the stage and off the stage, and he was gorgeous to look at. And back by his side, Lisa Foster. She has tattoos, she's cool. She's dangerous. Broadcasters turned rogue podcasters. It's <laughs> just a real nice surprise. They're back and on demand. Just press the button. See, you're on. Ready or not, it's Pat and Lisa. Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? Yes, I guess you're right. <laughs> Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Yeehaw! Can you dig it? Yeah, yeah, I can dig it, yeah. Remember that? That was the voice I was using to anthropomorphize my one of our horses, Bo, a few weeks ago. Oh, I thought that was the voice that you always use to indicate when something was not the smartest or well, it was it was a bad decision. That's what I was implying by that because Bo, while a wonderful horse, doesn't seem to be real smart. And well, he just goes, do, 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 do. think I'll go over here and eat some hay. I don't really know. Do, do, do you have any horse treats for me? <laughs> do, 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 do. I think I'll eat this. Oh, no, I don't want to eat that. I dropped that a moment ago. <laughs> do, do, do. That's how he kind of, if he had a voice, uh, a human voice, I think that's what he would sound like. Well, it turns out uh, that we got uh, this voice message, and it apparently is from him. A bow, the horse. It's Bo, your horse. I, I wanted to call and tell you how hurt I was at your impersonation of me. Oh boy. We, we've had some good times, Pat. I, I thought that that we were buddies. Uh, and you. I, I'm sorry to hear that you feel like I'm such a, a dope. Wow. Uh, I'll try to do better, but um, but I'm sad that you told everybody and you impersonated me in such a such an unfair Duh. light. Duh. I. Uh, I uh, just, I, I'm going to warn you, buddy, that the next time we go riding, uh, you, you might, you might need to hang on and uh, bring a helmet. Oh, man. Uh, I'll see you. Don't, for, don't forget the alfalfa next time, okay? All right. He sounds very intelligent. I don't know yeah, why you're I, making I, fun of him. I don't know. Sounds, I had him all wrong. He sounds... Um, I had him all wrong, and nor did I know that he listened to the podcast. He sounds articulate and well-spoken, and he, he put some thought into that. He yeah. wasn't uh, aggressive or... No, I... Uh, I, I, mean, I mean, he I, really, he approached it in an adult kind of a manner, so I, why are you making fun of him? I, that that's mean. I know. That's just mean. Well, as soon as we're done here, I'm going to walk down to the barn and apologize to him. I'm really... Jeez, I'm I'm really sorry about that. I, I don't want to hurt his. I, even so, even after I apologize, I don't think I'm going to ride him for a while. I think that's a good idea. Let this blow of course, over if he's as dumb bit. as you say, is he'll forget all about it by tomorrow. Catching up on a couple other things. This is really maybe old stuff, but this was uh, some good stuff here from one of our uh, listeners of the podcast. Well, he's the listener of the podcast. Our, our Kirk, listener, Kirby. Uh, we were talking about new rules for flying. And, uh, you know, we talked about this idea that you can get on with a service dog. Uh, Sir, yeah, service dogs, but but they've expanded the service animals category to include, I don't know, monkeys and uh, pigs and goats and 
I, I really don't know where it where it ends there. But yeah, I can't remember what we said about that. But uh, Kirby said I have a service crocodile. Oh, <laughs> and I also have a service yellow jacket. Wow. And uh, oh yeah, but you already discussed that stuff, so never mind. And then he says uh, about the Olympics. I love the Olympic sports announcer bit that we uh, played. Thank, thanks for that. Uh, he liked the uh, the head-to-head Olympic sports versus performance competition. How about an Olympic battle of the bands? Sounds as good as anything to me. Your dog's got fleas. I'm sorry about that. Uh, the William Tell archery competition. Then he says, oh, forget it. Lisa already said that. I'm going to have to start composing my comments before listening to the <laughs> podcast if I'm going to have any hope of writing something original. <laughs> Uh, we talked about a, a guy whose sports car was recovered 42 years after being stolen, and he said that reminded me of a personal experience. My grandmother had a love seat that I used to sleep on when I was little. She would leave a glass of water and some saltines on a TV tray in case I woke up and was hungry or thirsty. 42 years later, she had that love seat recovered. History repeats itself. Nice. And so on. That is good stuff from Kirby. And then we were talking about uh, this idea that one way you could get special treatment on an airplane <laughs> is if you showed up in a wheelchair or crutches. Right. Uh, this is actually from my brother, Mike, and he said, I wish that was true, at least now, because on my first trip home, and, and, and long story short, uh, my brother Mike, who's doing great now, but he had uh, he had some real struggles with getting a hip replacement surgery. The uh, first one went bad, mm. second one went bad. They it was over their heads here in this area, and they had to send him back to Minnesota to the Rochester Mayo Clinic. In fact, he went there twice, and he said, when I left Rochester for a connection to Minneapolis, it was a nightmare. Uh, a friend of his had to push him in a wheelchair, and Mike couldn't even get out of the chair to go through security in Rochester. He said, I sat in the first row of the small plane, and I had to have a wheelchair even to get there. So they ordered a wheelchair in Minneapolis to meet us at the gate, and the chair wasn't there. It took over an hour for the chair to finally get to the gate. Oh, brother. They said I needed to leave the plane so they could clean it for the next flight. So I was able to hobble to the edge of the tarmac right by the plane. Oh, it's not even a kind that you can get It's a little commuter <clears throat> plane, yeah. Oh. And then his friend went to go find the wheelchair. He said I had to stand there on the tarmac for over an hour and wait because there was nowhere I could sit down and this is after he had just had uh, his third hip surgery. Wow. The flight crew had to stay with me because of some TSA rule and I'm sure the next flight on that plane was late because of me. They were really good about it and they even helped to hold me up but uh, my friend couldn't come back because security would not let him back on the tarmac. Finally a wheelchair comes and we were the last ones to get on the next plane to SeaTac. And then he says, and I don't know if he'd be crazy about me reading this, but he says, I had to wear Depends because of the bleeding from the surgery. But by the Mm. time I got to Seattle, I had bled right through. The right side of my seat was filled with blood. And because I was so high on drugs, I didn't even have the energy to get pissed about that. Woo-hoo! So, once again, flying is just not fun. It's just not fun. Right. Which brings me to another story I've got over here someplace. Uh, hang on. Fill for me, would you? Oh, here we go. I found it. Wow, that's amazing because you have stacks and stacks of articles and magazines, and I thought we were going to be sitting here for a while. Did you see this? This I thought of you immediately when I saw this. Uh, oh, great. This 
Associated Press story that goes like this. Airlines give many reasons for refusing to let you board, but none stir as much debate as this. How you are dressed. A woman flying from Las Vegas on Southwest this spring says she was confronted by an airline employee for showing too much cleavage. And in another recent case, an American Airlines pilot lectured a passenger because her T-shirt bore a four-letter expletive. They let her fly after she agreed to drape a a shawl over the shirt. Oh, stop. No, I mean it. Stop. Sheesh. Wow. Both women told their stories to sympathetic bloggers, and the debate over what you can wear in the air has gone viral now. Good. Well, I didn't realize there was a dress code. Um, There isn't a formal dress code. Right. That's the point. It's just, it is an airline person making a call. Uh, uh, on, on a personal basis, I guess. they That's it, just begging, though, for trouble because if yeah, they don't yeah. have any, uh, because if they can't Airlines fall do not back publish dress codes. And rely on, uh, you know, that this is a federal regulation. They love to say that federal regulations prohibit us or prohibit you from this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. Uh, I think they're really pushing it if they're going to start, yeah. uh, you know, getting on people about what they're wearing. Exactly. This that's is, what that's a form of free speech, I believe, isn't it? Being able to wear what you want, especially if it's a message on a T-shirt, that is protected. Yeah, well, the spokesman for that in that particular incident said the passenger was asked to cover up because of the F word on the T-shirt. And he said, uh, and what it said it was a pro-choice slogan. Um, but he said, the airline's not taking a side in the abortion debate. We just don't think the word ought to be there because we got little kids flying on this plane, there too. Are, there are a lot knows, of places you know? where that wouldn't be appropriate, and I, I would be uncomfortable. But you know what? Too bad. It's too bad. I have a sad story to tell you. It may hurt your feelings a bit. Last night when I walked into my bathroom, I stepped in a big pile of shaving cream. Be nice and clean. Shave every day and you'll always look keen. They say it's like they, is this airline spokesman, uh, it's an aviation lawyer, actually. She says, it's like any service business. If you run a family restaurant and somebody's swearing, you kindly ask them to leave. They weren't swearing, though. And you That's have the right to do that. completely different. Well, I'm just, I'm just saying. This, this, this back... is... A, and I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with no, you No, no, I know. All. I'm getting mad at the situation. But this goes back to the guy that you saw at the Chinese buffet with his family yes, who I'm... had the shirt on that said, I like to rock, drink, and frick. An F word, Which yeah. wasn't that... You and know he's what? walking yeah. around in the restaurant. Now, somebody theoretically could have said, you know what, uh, sir, there are kids here. And he said, yeah, there are kids here. They're my kids. Yeah. And uh, I, they don't mind if I wear this Again, T-shirt? Again, it's not that I condone it. It's, it's you've got it. You, you well, want it's to a be, matter of basic intelligence, You want to be respectful to society, and, and you don't want to cause disruptions. I think I'll break off with my girlfriend. Her antics are queer, I'll admit. Each time I say, darling, I love you, she tells me that I'm full of shaving cream. Be nice and clean. Shave every day and you'll always look keen. Um, But you know what? How disruptive is it for somebody to have the F word on their shirt? Let's really, really think about it. Okay, well, How disruptive is that? Let me ask you this. It's not. Well, here's another example. As a graduate student at Arizona State University was barred from a Delta flight in Buffalo, New York, because she was wearing a T-shirt 
uh, it was actually a guy that was wearing a T-shirt that mocked federal security agents and included the words, <laughs> terrorists going to kill us all. So it probably said something yeah. like, oh, thank God we got the TSA because otherwise terrorists going to kill us all. Well, he says the misspelled shirt was satirical and he wore it to protest what he considers because he is um, uh, uh, Middle Eastern persuade, uh, mm -hmm. uh, not persuade, but he's a Middle Eastern <clears throat> person. Mm -hmm. He says... Um, they, he thinks he's been the victim of, of considerable racial profiling when he tries to get flights. And so okay, said, he said, I thought it was a very American idea to speak up and dissent when you think people's rights are being violated. Mm -hmm. But the pilot thought it scared the other passengers, and so they wouldn't let him on the flight. Our baby fell out of the window. You think that her head would be split. But good luck was with her that morning. She fell in a barrel of shaving cream. Be nice and clean. Shave every day and you'll always look wow. clean. Well, I, you know, I don't... Unless they can provide uh, guidelines in terms of what's acceptable and not acceptable, this yep. shouldn't be an issue happening on board the plane. It should be an issue happening in the boarding area or it should be happening in the screening area. I, you know, I don't know who's responsible for it. Is the TSA responsible, or is it is it the, the airline? Airlines, is yeah. it the airline that's responsible? I I don't know. I just, maybe there should be an airline for the outspoken. Or, you know, we we take on all comers. You can come on nude. We don't yeah. care. Yeah. Any anybody. Bring your your service crocodile. Whatever. Yeah. And now, folks, my story is ended. I think it is time I should quit. If any of you feel offended, stick your head in a barrel of shaving cream. Be nice and clean. Shave every day and you'll always look clean. They say that in the early years of jet travel, people would dress up. Oh, yeah. And of there course. Were suits it, was, and... it was considered a luxury. And it, that's because most people who flew were, aff they were um, affluent, affluent and, yeah. and able to afford that. So they dressed according. You also did that when you went to the bank. You dressed up. You wore hose and, and, and pumps and a hat and a, and a suit and a tie. Yeah, it's completely different. Yeah, now. it's true. They're, they're still rare when this stuff happens, but when showdowns do happen, they gain more attention as passengers who are hacked off complain on the Internet about airline clothing cops. And it's not uh. good publicity for the airlines, as you can imagine. Uh, we already rate airlines near the bottom of all yeah. industries when it comes to customer satisfaction. So they got to figure something out here. Uh, but the lack of clear rules, as you say, leaves decisions to the judgment of individual airline employees and uh and not all and, of them are very bright yeah and you you've run into yeah yeah i've that, run into some who aren't very bright and don't make good decisions and don't use uh use their brains and and look at each situation that's the other problem too it's it's um almost if if you have a blanket policy there's still not going to be any room to evaluate a situation as it comes up what are you what are you saying you can't bring that blanket on this plane yeah well is yeah that what you mean yeah. by the blanket policy <laughs> 
don't know. You're getting off into something else. I know I am, but I'm just saying the ability to to look at a situation and make the judgment based on that particular situation at that given moment is lost on, on people who work for corporations that are sheep. And they're just told, this is the policy, this is how it's going to be. It's very similar to uh, the the zero tolerance rule in schools, where you get a child who is expelled because he has a nail clippers in his lunch bag, or yeah. or he's fake shot. This goes back to another story recently in the news about a child who is uh, not allowed to sign his name. He's a deaf boy, and he's not allowed to sign his name because one of the characters that he signs with resembles a gun being shot, mm-hmm. and he is not allowed to sign his name in school. This is what I mean by when there is a blanket policy, it, it, it is... Uh, it, it, it's frustrating because people are not asked to evaluate, judge, and decide based on that particular situation. Yeah, I know it's a it's interesting debate. I mean, but uh, on the other hand, I'm not I'm not down with. I don't want to see another set of regulations. Another set no, yet by the airlines be. that now also encompasses what their dress codes are. No. I mean, we got enough stuff to check off the list. Just I never know how to pack to fly anymore. I always right. forget something. And, and there shouldn't be. If there's an issue of indecent public indecent exposure, so I mean, obviously you have to have a a line of well, this guy doesn't have any pants on. We're yeah. going to have to deal with it. But the airline shouldn't be dealing with it. They should call. The police, correct? Isn't that how you deal with a, a, a indecent public exposure I deal? I guess. I guess. So you if do. it's not, if the if the what dress code this? issue isn't an, an issue of, of indecent exposure, then they need to butt out. They just need to well, butt speaking out. Speaking of butt out, a guy had got on a plane uh, a few weeks ago with his butt out, about two or three, <laughs> two or three inches of his ass showing. Now, is there a one? Yeah. You can have two inches of it showing, but when you get to three, you're off the plane. I mean, what Sorry. is Sorry. was jumping when Bertha got off a of hush stump. The whistles were blowing, and everybody did the bump. But all the time, Bertha had been working on a goodie. Now folks call it Bertha Butt Boogie. That, you know what? Yeah, no, I don't want to look at that. But if my plumber <laughs> comes over and fixes my washing machine, I got to put up with it. Yeah. And, and again, people just, everybody wants, well, there's got to be rules. And this, can, you know what? You're just going to have to suck it up. It's too effing bad sometimes. And there are women who have lots of cleavage that hang out. Well, who's it hurting? Who's it hurting? I don't mind. I'm sure you don't. I'm good with the it. The two inches of butt? Seriously, who's it hurting? It's not hurting anything. Well, I don't know. Uh, I You'd went... have to prove to me that it's actually threatening threatening me in some way. Okay, here's... If it's going to put my eye out, then maybe. Well, I went to a... Uh, we went... My, this is years ago. I took my family to one of those all-you-can-eat kind of places, okay? You like to go to those types of places a lot, right? No, I didn't. When we were, when we were younger and my kids were little, then, you know, you really... We've got to make your dollar stretch, and so I we know. knew that we could stuff their faces, and uh, and <laughs> and not, your purses in your pockets, in your pockets, yeah. <laughs> and and you'll see, I would see people doing that. They'd stick bologna in their pants and stuff, all that, just well, to walk I out. I have to tell you, far my, larger than when they came in. My grandmother, we uh, we stopped wanting to go to restaurants with my grandmother when she got very old because she would open her purse, and she would put all the ketchup packets and the salt packets and the creamer packets and 
everything that was on the table condiment wise, yeah. she figured was fair game. I'm taking it. And her purse would be packed with stuff. Well, are you one of those people that when you go to a hotel, do you take all yes. the, 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 the yes. little soaps yes. and, and toothbrushes oh, yeah. and everything yes. that's available? Everything. Yeah. I, I take the soap, the shampoo, the little sewing gym. How many sewing kits I have? And I don't even sew. Isn't it kind of hard to close your suitcase when, with those, when you put the towels in there, though? <laughs> no, I don't take the towels, but I take oh. everything else. Okay, well that, that's on it. All right, so back so to anyway, the yeah, all you so can anyway, eat. So anyway, back to this all you can eat. Uh, two stories about that, and, and one that specifically has a. I'll just describe him as an exceedingly corpulent man that uh, obviously comes to this place a lot. <laughs> and 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 what I'm, does corpulent mean? Does it mean it, large? It means large. I mean, he this fellow, God love him, was obese, and he, uh, you know, when he's one of those guys when he sits in a chair. You know, there's two sides that okay, are hanging right, off the okay. chair. That, yeah, that yeah, bit. yeah. So he goes and he plants himself in a chair at a table, and we have a straight-on view of this extremely <laughs> how, oh, how to characterize. No. It's a, it is the it, it's if you were to draw. Oh no! If, if they put a picture, if there was a two-word combination in Merriam-Webster's dictionary. Of hairy ass, this this would be the picture they would put in there. It was not no. only hairy; it had lots of. <laughs> Don't no no no! I can't even take it okay. anymore. So this is what we're like. Cl- dust and bunnies in it? Was that what you were gonna say? Well, no. Uh, skin eruptions I ah, might be the way. And so we're gonna, okay. So we're there at a restaurant to enjoy a I meal. I understand. You see what I'm saying? I do understand. You sexy. But you know what? So then, that's awful. But too bad. He does not owe you. No, I know. He doesn't I owe know. you I, the the um, a, a pleasant dining experience. No, I know. I know but and, but and, here's my question: Does the restaurant owe us a pleasant dining experience? And if we had said, you know, this guy is sitting over there, man, it's making us sick. I'll see you in my dreams. Right. Uh, we. They would say, well, let me move you move tables, don't you think? What well, can they do to him? Say, Well, let's say that... Well, what you, that's what I'm here's saying. What they, could, could they ever be in a position where they have to no. go, Excuse me, sir. Um, we're going to have to ask you to leave the restaurant, right? Or at least this area, because your uh, ass is... Uh, Too hairy. <laughs> <laughs> we have a hair limit. <clears throat> no, and, and again, don't misunderstand me. I would be very upset and pretty pissed about that. But it's not on him. I need to then remove myself from the situation. And we went to the <clears throat> fair. It's not the we yes, went, you we did the Monroe the, Fair. We went to the Evergreen State Fair the other day, and we well, the only time of the year I eat a corn dog is at the fair. Yes. So my wife and I, we've ordered corn dogs. We're sitting in this general public <laughs> eating area, and there's this guy <laughs> sitting right next to us who's eating like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same kind of deal like man you know what i really don't want this corn dog anymore i mean then why did you stay why I don't, don't you get up well this is the thing is everybody thinks him I well guess. why uh, would you have gotten up and said oh i mean no you just get up and go i know i know and well, it's, it's but but the point i guess my point is we if you want to live on a once you move to the moon if you want to live on a planet all by yourself or a, a place all by yourself the fact is, we are all sharing right. space. 
exactly. on this planet. And sometimes people are going to irritate you. Guess what? You probably irritate more people than we are aware of all day long. Why are you looking at me when you say I, that? I, I, I thought I was looking <laughs> in a mirror. I, I no, I understand what you mean. I'm sure I've annoyed many people in Here's public, a... but I, I don't mean to. And, and it's certainly not going to get you much further if you come up and say, um, you know, that shirt you're wearing is a little too low cut. I, yeah. I would think somebody was nuts if they came up to me and said that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And what would you like me to do about it? Well, it's, You know what? It, I'm things... just ornery enough. I would just take my shirt off and go, is that better? Oh. Yeah, that is better. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, but things nearly that outrageous have happened to you, as we've talked about in the past. So mm -hmm. I just thought you would find this... This uh, topic interesting. Yeah. Um, you also touched on something about rules in the workplace, and this isn't exactly about that, but I read this column not uh, long ago by a guy named Andrew Hill. I don't know. He's a blogger, I guess, in the business world. And he his, his premise is, under the headline, we should stop trying to change the world. He says, given the essentially mundane nature of most jobs, Few workers will ever live up to these mission statements that companies put out to urge them to change the world. And um, he, he talks about a guy named Vint Cerf, who is one of the few people, he says, who indisputably has changed the world. Nearly 40 years ago, this man, Mr. Cerf, co-designed the ubiquitous, and I don't know what ubiquitous means, but you see the word everywhere. Everywhere. Uh, it's all over the The ubiquitous TCP-IP software protocols that allow closed computer networks to communicate with each other and form a network of networks. In other words, mm -hmm. as much as anything, he invented the network. Okay, what does that have uh, to do uh, the with internet. the mission statement? Well, it's just that he just he just worked by himself. I mean, he nobody said, invent oh, this. Oh, I see what you're saying. He was working for a company, and the question is, would he have been more successful or more motivated if his bosses, in this case at the U.S. Department of Defense somewhere, said, I want you to change the world, Vint, okay? Mm -hmm. And he doesn't think so. Vint Cerf doesn't think it would have made him more motivated. And, uh, and, and, uh, and, I, and I, I guess the premise of this article is, you and I have all worked at places, a lot of people have, where they put these mission statements on the wall and nobody ever looks at them again. <laughs> they usually put them out in the lobby so people who are you know, coming into the lobby mm. to visit somebody can see the mission statement and think, oh, wow, this is really quite a company. They're so remarkable. is the mission statement for, uh, I always thought the mission statement was for the, the clients and the customers. Uh, I didn't realize that the mission statement was for the employees. It's you supposed mean, to be about what their values are. And, oh, I got it. And what they, what they uh, you know, what, what, what they think their mission and their, right, here and are, their focus and their mm -hmm. goals ought to be. Right. And uh, so when this Mr. Surf, Vint Surf invented the internet essentially even though al gore is often credited with it but, but when vince surf did this the the expectation was the the engineers uh who in, they invented email electronic mail mm -hmm. way back in 1971 and they thought well now now with the invention of this we're going to save a lot of money the travel budgets will be greatly reduced at companies because employees don't need to meet as often in person mm -hmm. and then within just five years travel spending actually had increased fourfold at most companies because mm. what happens is with email you're now you're working with more people than you could before mm -hmm. before right. and those people are farther afield mm -hmm. 
on bigger projects, and so you still needed face-to-face meetings and probably more of them. And that's and, that's when Skype was invented. Yeah. Now, Skype, you would think the same, but who knows? Maybe not. Uh, they, they He does mention Amazon here, that uh, where, where they apparently limit the teams there at Amazon to small... Those teams have to be small enough to be fed by two pizzas. That's that's <laughs> Jeff Bezos's thing. Well, that would rule out the large guy that you were at yeah. the buffet with. He'd, he'd be, be on his own team. He'd be his own. He would be a team. Uh, so the 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 focus they think by having these smaller groups it improves account it improves accountability and clarity. When you're that's in a, true because you can a, hide. When you're in a big group, yeah, you can oh, hide. Yeah. You can be a shirker. But when yeah. you're in a small group, uh, everybody's looking at you. Nobody can claim to know. Uh, not know what the goal is. So yeah, that's so interesting. I, I'm not. I'm, I always thought mission statements were just kind of a mission, just, some, just something. Dumb. To be they're just busy work. Yeah, they're yeah. just. Uh, and does anybody really um, bring every problem <clears throat> of the company back to that and say, "Well, this doesn't. This isn't in line with our mission statement." Yeah. No. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. Like I, like I said, they, they seem insincere. They don't seem to be very uh, hold much. I don't know. They they just Credence. don't seem to yeah. be very well. And then I don't think get get down from there. Hey, all right, I'm off. Okay, there. I'm off. Hey, I got down away. from there. My dog was up on this table eating some nuts. Yeah, the salt's good, isn't That's it? That's not going to stop me from Here, eating let's, these. Let's, you know, no, they're for you. They're not for the dog. I know. Why are you getting mad at me? I'm not the one you who jumped up there and You ever go to the pet store and say, "Yes, I'd like to get some nuts for my dog." <laughs> Poor dog. Although, I guess peanut butter is pretty good for dogs. Yeah, but, it is. They love uh, it. Uh, so, going to a wholly different thing <laughs> right now. We did this uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, I brought out a, a song from Red Soul Vine called The Old... What was the name? The, the Old, old pine, pine Tree. Tree. The Old Pine Tree. And people uh, told me they really liked that because we we dissected the, the lyrics to the song as it played. We would play a bit of it, stop it, comment... And uh, and I, so I thought, what would be a great song that we could do that with again? And then I remembered this song, which is one of the greatest <laughs> examples of male chauvinism, <laughs> and, uh, and, it, and and obviously was popular kind of right before the women's movement really got underway. You think? Yeah, I think. And uh, it, it's so outrageous. That and who we, is this by? This is Jack, Jack Jones, Jones is the singer. Huh. And this song, believe it or not, was written by Burt Bacharach. Oh. It was kind of early in his career. Why, now, why do you say believe it or not? Because he he's a great songwriter. Well, he's a great songwriter, but you won't call this a great song. Right. It, I guess although, you're right. I think a guy named Hal David was the lyricist for this. And in fact, just died the other day. But um, it 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 just is it's fantastic. I love this song because it's just so. You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me! So, let's do it. Okay, right. it's called Wives and Lovers. Right. Jack Jones is the singer. Hey, little girl, comb your hair, fix your makeup soon. He will open the door. It's condescending right from the start when he calls her little girl. It's and, either that or just sort of disturbing. And he can be her husband, presumably oh, her husband, under those, uh, you know, the the ethos of that time. Uh, th- and this, again, Comb is like the and... late 1950s, early 60s. Comb your hair. Comb your hair. Fix your makeup, because he's coming home, and you better not be looking like a sweat hog. Fix your... <laughs> 
<laughs> or that's the that's why I wasn't the lyricist. I wish for this they had song. actually put that into the song. Don't think because there's a ring on your finger, you need to try any more. All right. So really, what he's doing is he's he's trying to create uh, action from fear. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, you, it's, you, 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 you always want to be looking over your shoulder there. Just because there's a ring there, done, no guarantees. So whatever happened to for better or for worse? Ironically, your dog is humping my dog right now. <laughs> Get out of there. Get out of there. Humpty Dumpty. He just lets Jeez. her, though. Oh, We've know. had this discussion before. I know. There's a look of resignation <laughs> in his poor little doggy face. <laughs> What am I going to do? This is like, I'm going to get this over with. She's half as big as he is, too. He could totally do something about it. I don't know. If he wasn't so attractive, maybe that wouldn't happen. <laughs> right. Is. So anyway, back to this wonderful song. So you're right. It is It is like, it, it's, it is saying, Don't just because look, you got the look, ring. Don't screw this up. Now, you got a good thing. You like to eat, don't you? Right? You like to go shopping, uh-huh. don't you? Well, uh, your benefactor is coming home, and you better get your act together. That's right, sweat hog. He needs to be pleased. For wives should always be lovers, too. Run to his arms the moment he comes home to you. I'm warning you. I'm warning you. Oh, I always thought that said, I'm wanting you. No, it's, I read the lyrics. I'm warning you. Oh. So you, you got to be a lover too. You can't just be a wife and you want to run to his arms. You run are so, the way a dog it runs to you when you come home, that's, yeah. that's the way the wife should be. Wouldn't come that running make in them and then start licking some, his face. Some men might flinch if you start running at him. They might think you're going to hit him or something. <laughs> well, the. I wouldn't run too fast at him. I just. Yeah. Maybe warn him. I'm going to run to you now. Yeah, but I mean, the, has so, your wife ever run into your arms when you've got when you got home from the radio show? She has. She has run to me to uh, grab my wallet. <laughs> I remember, and she's also run to me. She does this bit lately. I'm getting a little nervous with her. Uh, I'll just be like in the kitchen, and I'll be looking at something, and I'll turn around, and she's holding a knife. <laughs> over me and then it's like oh she got caught with it before she could use it and then she acts and but she does it a lot and it's getting me really nervous now i'm thinking okay that was funny the first time i have a friend Second uh we've gone golfing with uh this yeah. gentleman before and he uh he likes to do where i'll be doing something in the kitchen and then he'll just somehow be right behind me very still and he'll just be standing there so when i turn to get a dish towel or something he's just standing there very still it's very unnerving does it scare you yes because i don't know he needs to wear a bell or something yeah my we we've been married i've been married forever to this woman that you know but we still do these bits all the time <laughs> like if i hear her coming i go and hide somewhere and then she's i can see her looking around for me and then you know then I'll go, didn't he used to do that when looking for me <laughs> and i do this other stupid bit which you've heard me talk about where if she's, like, especially on a beach or somewhere like that, or we're on a street, she's outpaced me a bit, and she's further down the beach. Uh, as soon as she turns and looks away from me, I start moonwalking backwards as fast as I can, so that when she turns around again, somehow I have fallen incredibly far behind, 
even though she's slowed up for me to catch up. And I keep doing that bit, and then she'll start turning quicker and catch me in the act of backing up. I know it's so childish, but it's still funny, at least to me. Anyway, let's get back to this song. Sounds like your wife has been warned. It gets even better. Day after day, there are girls at the office, and men will always be men. Oh, you can come read between the lines on. there, can't you? Well, yeah, but in other words, he's the man I is justifying so fooling around because if the wife doesn't, if she doesn't look hot when he comes home, then I'm sorry, honey, I can have an affair because you know the rules. He warned you in that song. Well, he basically actually didn't even use that as the reason. The the justification, if you heard it, and I heard it very clearly, was men will be men. Mm -hmm. So even if you're doing... That is the lamest... I'm so tired of that. Even if you're doing everything right, you're saying, he's still... He's a guy. Yeah, he's got He's a guy. What are you going to do? He's a guy. It's not his fault that he's a guy. It's it's all the wiring that that God put into him. It's not his fault. He's a guy. What are you going to do? But the only chance you have is to keep your act together really well. Exactly. Don't get his eye wandering or you have no one to blame but yourself, honey. Don't send him up with your hair still in curlers. You may not see him again. Okay, we get it. Okay, we get do, it. does anybody still wear curlers? I guess that isn't even the I, I, I'm sure they do, but... Oh, wives should always be lovers, too. Right. Run, Run to his, his arms the moment he comes home to you. All right. He's almost here. Ooh, he's in the driveway right now. Hey, little girl, better wear something pretty. Yeah. Where to go to the city and dim all the lights or the wine, start the music. Yeah, time to get ready for love. So, um, so she's got to do not, all the, the stuff, she's, she's supposed to dress and look really pretty, only to take everything off again shortly <laughs> after he comes home. That's exactly it. it sounds like. And so I'm thinking if she dims all the lights and pours enough wine, it ain't going to matter if her hair is still in curlers. Well, you got to make sure you do things in the correct order. Oh, there, all right. I don't. Uh, that's essentially the song. Get your act together, or it's curtains for you, sister. Dim all the lights, pour the wine, start the music. Time to get ready for love. Take your shoes off, put them on the ottoman. Time to get ready. Better fix some good food, too, tell you that. Time to get ready for love. And then, what Time happens... to get ready. Okay, Jack. What happens if the game's on Time that night? Okay, we get it. The game's probably going to be on, and then all that she's gone to all that trouble for nothing. It's a it is not easy to put on all the makeup. You take the risk, curl all your hair, put on the per- pretty dress, comb your hair, run to his arms. Then what else do we have to do? Oh, we got to put Get on ready the, for love. Di- <laughs> drop the light. I mean, pour the wine. Yeah. Drop our pants. Drop the lights. Yeah. Get the get on the couch and then it, be ready a, for love. It's a whole checklist. And of stuff. what if he says, you know what, honey, the game's on tonight. That, that would just really make me mad. Yeah, well, you know, like I said, uh, and as I think that Jack Jones is saying in that song there, 
uh, you can't. You, there's no promises in life. Okay. <laughs> true. So you but, have to do that every single day, as yeah. we sing. And hope every you, single day. And hope you get lucky. Hope you get lucky. Hope your man's in a good mood for one thing. Hope uh, that you know the game isn't on, like you said. And uh, and maybe you should say, "Well, honey, after the game, you know, I'm what? gonna get ready for love." You know what? Maybe and maybe the guy just maybe won't have a little girl to come home to to put on her makeup and comb her hair. Maybe she'll say, "You know what? Forget it. You're you can do all this yourself." That ungrateful bitch. <laughs> Just be thankful For what you got Thanks for listening to Peculiar Podcast I hate goodbyes <laughs> Join Pat and Lisa online at PeculiarPodcast.com The gift that keeps on giving the whole year And on the Peculiar Podcast Facebook fan page Sweet On Twitter at Peculiar Podcast at Mr. Pat Cashman and at Foster Chick. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration.